What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. First time listeners, welcome to the show. This is going to be a little different than what we normally do because right now I'm on a family reunion trip for two whole weeks in China. But you all support me through patreon.com slash Brian Tong, and I'm going to continue to give you content while I'm gone. So I thought I'd take these next two weeks to really profile specific areas that are related to Apple. And this week, we're talking all about augmented reality, ARKit 3, all the advancements in iOS 13. And I talked to a friend, Ramain Darian. He's an iOS developer. He knows the ins and outs of ARKit specifically. There's so much to learn, so much to pull from this stuff that I didn't even know. And then we also talk about Apple Glasses. When do we think they're really going to come out with all the things that Apple has shown us with the ARKit 3? When do you think they're going to come out? Two years, three years, five years? I can tell you one thing. Just don't rush it. So let go. Let's get to it. Here's the interview. All right, everybody. Super excited to bring a new guest to the show here. Ramain Darian, an iOS developer. He's focused on ARKit. One of his apps, SceneCam AR, the camera app, has been featured on the App Store for basically the whole year in the AR section. 4.3 star ratings. Guess what? That's not why I brought him on here. He's also worked on AR projects with Nike and Speedo. And Ramain, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Brian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, I think it's cool because this is how we know the internet is a small place. You know, I think you approached me a while ago um, with WordUp, which was kind of the original iteration of your app. And I checked it out. It was cool. And I was like, I don't know if I have a place for this at the moment. And I always kept you in mind that, you know, I wanted to bring you on once we could do something to really dig deep into augmented reality and what Apple's doing. So I thought this was kind of like the perfect time to do it. Yeah, I mean, I've been a, a big fan of your show from, you know, Apple Byte and CNET. Uh, I've been watching you for a few years now. So, yeah, I'm very humbled to to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, um, you know, you've been involved with AR apps for, for how long now, basically? Uh, since day one of uh, ARKit Beta. So that was that's basically two years. Wow. And uh, that's June, awesome because... I think you have a lot of intimate knowledge in the space, so that's why I wanted to bring you in. You know, I'm I'm going to allow you to be the expert here. You're going to be a whole lot smarter than I am. So, you know, let's kind of jump right into ARKit. Um, well, first, let's talk about maybe how ARKit has evolved. You've been there from the start. Can you talk about as a developer what you've seen, what has stood out, and then we'll jump into ARKit three. But kind of how is this process with Apple making this a part of their OS and in slowly but surely really kind of building out augmented reality how, how have you seen it evolve and what's been good about it maybe what hasn't been good about it yeah so i feel that it was pretty solid from the very first iteration um two years ago the tracking was was really good uh, without any markers uh, i think people were uh, most people were using vuforia back then um and this enabled uh, a whole lot of new apps and new features uh, for app developers. I had no idea uh, about AR, and as I was watching the keynote, I had no idea I would be uh, focused on AR right after the keynote, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I just fell in love with it straight away, and and haven't looked back since. And uh, how has when it? So you're saying like from a foundational standpoint you as a developer were already impressed with what they were bringing just from, from like the base level when they started off? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, we, we started with plane recognition, which was, you know, horizontal plane uh, recognition. And just from that, you can, you can already quite, do quite a lot and, and spawn uh, virtual objects in the real world, on the table, on the floor, etc. And uh, using SimKit, so uh, I had to learn the hard way <laughs> about uh, 3D rendering. Same again, I knew nothing about this. Um, and it's been it's been tough. I challenge myself to have an, an app on the App Store using AR uh, on day one of iOS, so iOS 11 back then. Um, and yeah, to my big surprise, it was it was actually featured on on the App Store. Yeah, the, which is which is super cool. And you know, you talk about how they've evolved. Um, was it actual AR Kit two where they started incorporating um, vertical planes like walls as well, or was that was that actually in the first iter- first AR Kit? I can't remember. I felt like it came a little later. Yeah, so that was <laughs> neither actually. It was in between. There was AR Kit one point five in February eighteen. Um, which brought this and some, um, I think it was image tracking as well. So we had image detection and we got image tracking. So if you have uh, an image marker, uh, like a book, for example, you can place a virtual object on top of the book cover. uh, And as you move the book, it will track everything uh, at that and keep the stuff attached to the book. And you could like turn around, walk away from the room, turn back towards the book, and then that that image that was on that marker would still be there, right? That's what that mm-hmm. was. Very cool. Yes. Now, you know, let's jump into AR Kit three. And Apple showed off a lot of stuff. Where when I was watching the demos, like, oh wow, this is they're definitely pushing this to kind of like that next level. Can you kind of tell people what the people occlusion is? Uh, you know how they how they showed it, and then why this is important for people that as Apple's building up this AR stuff? Yeah. So AR kit is, is basically the, the video feed, you know, from your camera and on top of it, you would add um, 3d virtual objects. So this is a rendered on top, which means that everyone that is in the camera uh, in the video feed would always be behind um, the virtual objects, even if the object is placed uh, in front on the table, for example. So um, it kind of breaks the, the illusion of the objects being really there in, in, the, uh, in the environment. Um, people occlusion helps with this. Uh, and we have two ways of doing this. There's with, uh, with depth and with, without depth, uh, which you would need the A12 chip for... Uh, the depth one so the camera can sense how far the person is and if the person is uh, um, in front of uh, an object then the occlusion will will take place so this is i mean to to me right this sounds like specifically with let's say multiplayer gaming in ar or even a demo like a while ago you know we've seen minecraft demo where where the object depending on how how far or close you are to the camera you'll either be in front of the object or behind it and it automatically like can sense that correct absolutely yes yeah it it really brings i mean it it makes it look more realistic um and yeah it just doesn't doesn't 
break the illusion that we're trying to achieve with with augmented reality. Is this when you saw this? And I'm I'm sure I'm assuming you've played with ARKit 3D. What was this? I mean, let's how about this on a scale of one to ten? How much of a breakthrough is this for you as a developer? Is it like a high? Is it high up as a ten, or is it kind of in the middle? How important was people occlusion for you as as you've played with it? Um, and it's you, you can be honest. We're not here to bash it. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, yeah. You know. I mean, so I think to me it's a five uh, out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. It's really hard to achieve, definitely. Um, and the the thing that you need to to keep in mind is that it it will only work with people. So. Um, if, uh, for example, when I have uh, my MacBook open in front of me and there's an object behind the MacBook, uh, the MacBook is not occluding anything. So that still breaks the illusion. Or if you have something under the table, uh, you have to do some some specific stuff to uh, occlude the table uh, so that it doesn't look, it doesn't break the illusion again. So... I feel it's good. Uh, I feel it's. It, I know it's really hard to achieve, and it works pretty well. To be fair, um, it's a good first step to more occlusion. Um, mm-hmm. There are other companies like uh, 6D.ai, for example. Um, their their software enables to occlude everything around you. So as you scan the room around you it will create a mesh of Mm -hmm. everything and then you can properly occlude uh uh, everything around you pretty much uh yeah you know that that sounds similar to not from an occlusion standpoint but just the whole wire mesh frame of the whole environment um is something that i saw a while back when uh we got a demo of the hololens and kind of their dev kit of how it really maps out the entire room and so for you it sounds like People occlusion is nice, but they need to get to the next level of basically almost environmental occlusion. Is that is that what you're kind of saying? Uh, yes. Right now, you can you can already do it because the but you can do it only with planes, so uh, uh, horizontal and vertical um, surfaces, flat surfaces, um, and this is something that I have included in in my apps in Cam actually from pretty much day one, I think. Um, but yeah, people occlusion is, uh, is very easy for Apple as usual, make it really easy for us. It's literally just one line of code to, to enable that. So yeah, it's a big gain for just one line of code. So definitely something to use in, in AR apps to make them more compelling. Now, the other thing that is, and thanks for this, this is cool. Like the other thing that we saw was motion capture, how basically in real time, right? Um, you can mm. see the body position and movement of a person as like, you know, their little skeleton frame and um, use that. How I, I thought it was cool because like, oh, this shows how well it can detect our bodies, a, a la like kind of what the Microsoft connected with some of those dancing games and things. How, how is motion capture of the person's body important in, in Arakit 3 from a developer standpoint? Because I was... I was trying to figure out, is it helpful because you can see how our body moves so you can place things associated with what position our arms are in? Or, or where, where does that become useful in augmented reality for you as a developer and, and then for us as a consumer? 
Hmm. Yeah, I think it's very uh, specific cases. Uh, and I think that not even half of the dev- developers will actually use this. Hmm. But for those who need it, it's it's a godsend. I mean, the, <laughs> you know, the, the suits that people wear with, with trackers um, to to achieve this, those those they cost probably like thirty thousand mm. dollars just for one suit, and then it works with a software that you would have to license at you know five or ten k uh, per year. This this is uh, this is a revolution for uh, lots of people, and some companies will be really disappointed <laughs> to to see that and might even go bust. Um, I think it's a good feature for fitness apps. Mm. I think that's going to be the main use case. Yeah. We're, not, we're not completely there with like the whole uh, Hollywood movies or, you know, Hollywood movies are using these kind of trackers. Um, I, I don't think that the tech is there yet. I mean, we're talking about a phone, right? We need to remember that we're still talking just about a, a smartphone and not a very heavy-duty um, computer system. Although, yeah, it's getting there. Uh, A12 has the neural engine, etc. So it's really powerful. It, it works. Uh, definitely, there are, there are some improvements to, to, to make to it. What, so on a scale of 1 to 10 for you, I, I guess, what, what would you maybe rate the motion capture aspect of ARKit 3? Um, I want to say a 5 as well, because it, <laughs> as I said, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a 50-50 of... Uh, it's, it's not going to be useful to many people, mm-hmm. uh, but for those who need to use this, it really is a godsend. It's, it's going to be really amazing. Um, I've been I've been using it on my uh, iPad Pro, so with the 12x chip, so the most powerful you can get right now. It works well if um, you're in a, a good environment, in good conditions. So you need to see the whole body of the person. You need to you need this person to be right in front of you and and not really on the side for example that doesn't really work well um i'm working on a push-up app at the moment so i was trying to do some push-ups to record uh my body posture oh yeah and yeah. That, and and that doesn't work so you need to be standing <laughs> otherwise <laughs> it, it, it won't it won't recognize your your pose i think that's just um uh, a matter of uh, maybe yeah month or maybe next next year is going to get some really big big improvements it's a really good first step um and definitely something that's going to be required yeah i think that was interesting how you mentioned it's it only benefits some developers and not all but i think that any developer that is going to put a superhero suit on my body then that's like a 10 right because if i want to look like iron man and move around i i even remember the Connect had some demo at Disneyland where you know it's using your basic skeleton um, and bo- body motion capture to put on a Iron Man costume on you and do things like that. That's where it benefits, but it's it's like you said, it's kind of specific to fitness or maybe those type of apps, right? 
Yeah, I mean, so the the Superman costume, that's fun, but it's not useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Um, and I think that's the main problem in AR right now is that people still struggle to uh, to make it useful. Uh, the best app I've seen so far really is still IKEA to, to check if, if the sofa is going to fit in, in your place before before you buy it. And it's definitely benefited IKEA as well because they saved millions of dollars in um, returns. <laughs> I think it was 20% of uh, people buying stuff would return it because it just doesn't fit. They don't realize how big it is. Or maybe sometimes they would buy something and realize, oh, actually, this is actually, much smaller than I... Uh, the t- this table is too small. I wanted something bigger. So that that's that's a really good use case. Or uh, the measure app as well. That was um, you know when the the app store launched for the first time, you had flashlights apps like all over the place. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe a hundred or something. Um, I feel that the measuring apps were the same in AR. Um, we had a ton of measuring apps because it makes sense. This is a, a use case that really makes sense. You can measure things really quickly with uh, with your phone. And that's something we didn't see before. It's useful. Um, and peop- I mean, I- I'm pretty sure Apple have seen and recognized it. And a year later, they uh, they brought their own measuring app. In classic really Apple well fashion. <laughs> Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I think what, you know, as we're jumping around, because you brought some really good points, you know, you talk about you're, you're in this space. um, You know, this is, this is what you're doing. And you talk about how useful ARKit is in finding actual use cases for it. You know, I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint and what you've seen and what you think you mentioned about, okay, these furniture apps really useful, right? That's actually a use case where you're like, okay, this, this is absolutely where AR can come into play. You talk about measuring, um, you know, the measure type apps. You know, we, we always hear about and we know that Apple's moving in this direction and developing ARKit because, you know, we know they're working on some sort of a eyeglass type platform and AR is going to be a big part of it. We've even seen little bits of AR in the new Maps app in iOS 13. But for you, what is that? You know, AR for developers has been around for a few years now, at least from the Apple side. But for consumers, it's still really in its infancy. And so mm-hmm. how do you see AR actually taking off, you know, in your mind, whether we've seen it or not, what do, what do you think is that thing that it needs? Is it a is it that perfect storm of timing meets hardware and software? We saw how Pokemon Go actually made people understand what AR was. So I think that was a big step. But what 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 do you what do you see being maybe that thing that can help it really kind of blow up from a consumer standpoint? Yes. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started on Pokemon Go. I think it, well, everybody says it's like the the main AR app, which yeah. in a sense it's true. Uh, it's very it basic though. Really it's about, basic. Yeah, I think it was the first app that was really a a location-based game 
to be fair, when I played like everyone, like for two, the first two weeks and, and was just addicted to this thing <laughs> and then it completely dropped off. I was not using the AR um, feature. I would actually turn it off because mm. it was bad. It was, that was pre AR kit, by the way, now yeah. that they're using AR kit, it's much better. You can uh, go around the Pokemon. If you come too close to the Pokemon, then it will disappear you know, it's definitely uh, enhanced the game. Um, but yeah, anyway, what was the question again? <laughs> well, no, you're all, you're all, don't get me started Pokemon Go. Now I'm distracted. Well, you know what, to your point about Pokemon Go, I like I. that's why I said it introduced people to the idea of augmented reality. Yes. Even though it wasn't a pure um, mm. AR app, really- it, it helped people understand the idea of like, oh, augmented reality is placing digital characters that i can interact with in the real world like you know for someone like my mom and my you know my nieces and nephews being able to relate to their grandparents and go out to play pokemon go all those generations get a general understanding from a basic level of what ar was and i thought that was really important to at least kind of plant that education seed through that app yeah no that, that's true that's true um as you mentioned the the glasses i think this is the main missing piece Mm. and um i feel that everything i'm doing or uh, well apple is doing obviously with ar kit is is getting ready we're only just getting prepared right now for what's coming um tim cook has said it you know the ar is is going to be as big as the smartphone and I really do believe that the, the smartphone has enabled so many disruptions, you know, like uh, Uber, Airbnb, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. We couldn't really imagine the world without those now. And it just comes natural to us to use our smartphone all the time. I think the glasses will enable a, a whole new um, generation of apps that right now would not make sense, but um, once once you have the glasses, then it will definitely make sense. So that's why they're not being um, introduced to the App Store now. If I take a, a concrete example, for example, I uh, I cycle around London, and sometimes you know I get Siri to tell me um, to turn left, right, etc. I'd like to see where exactly uh, I'm going and have a map that would be displayed uh, on on top of what I can already see, which is, you know, the road. Um, right now, it would not make sense to do this uh, on your phone, obviously. You don't want to hold your phone as you're cycling. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to make sense with, with the, the glasses to have a whole new generation of apps that will augment your reality um in a way that um is not cumbersome because holding your phone is is not uh is difficult uh to hold uh, to to sustain more than i don't know one one minute two minutes yeah just holding it up in that position to like view the world i i, I think that's a good point i mean do you you know, you talk about the glasses and we know that there's companies that are you know already investing in this Microsoft, uh, we have Magic Leap. Obviously, you know, even though it's not necessarily augmented reality, you know, that that space of 
whether it's virtual augmented reality is still trying to figure itself out is part of this whole idea of, you know, when I ask, what is it that thing that needs to really push this forward? You know, in your mind, are you saying it is some sort of glassware from Apple? Because we know Google tried it as well. Is part of this because Apple is such a huge platform, they have the kind of luxury and the ability to really push out a platform that the general consumer is more willing to accept and take on in it's kind of like, well, we're just waiting for Apple to put out glasses for us to start seeing a augmented reality product that people will actually start buying and using and for it to become a thing. Is that part of it? Yes, it's 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 even more difficult than the iPhone because it needs to look good. And, and if there is one company that can make sexy products, sexy tech product, it's Apple. Um people will have to wear this on their face. So it better look good and not be, you know, I mean, I don't want to say that anything looks bad, but if you look at HoloLens or Magic Leap right now, it's more of a uh, a business um, tool, I would say, Mm -hmm. because you don't really care about how you look. You just want to, to be efficient or even Google Glass, to be fair, it's, you know, it doesn't look bad at all. It's just it doesn't bring that much, um, that many features. I feel right now it's it's still in its infancy. Uh, it's funny it's been relaunched, but it doesn't yeah. look like it's actually changed at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird move from from Google here. Um, yeah. As soon as as soon as it works well as in it's efficient and, and doesn't heat up like, you know, your phone can get really uh, warm when you use uh, AR. Imagine this on your face. That's, that's <laughs> going to be a problem. That's going to definitely be a problem. You don't want your glasses to be uh, 50 degrees. So uh, Celsius, I mean, I'm not sure <laughs> I was going to say, in. Hey, 50 degrees <laughs> isn't that bad on my face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't. I don't talk Fahrenheit. I'm not sure. It's, I don't know. If Fahrenheit is it like thirty? Is it like Fahrenheit is something like plus thirty, thirty something on top of Celsius, right? Let, well, let's just say ten uh, percent more than your body temperature. Ah, uh, yes, is, yes, is already is already too much, right? Yeah. You don't want that. Um, so yeah, this uh, the fact that you you need good resolution as well. So I mean, we see patents from Apple, uh, you know, 16K, um, 8K on each eye, etc. We've seen those things. Uh, it that, that requires a lot of power, a lot, a lot of power. Um, the tech is just not ready yet. And my fear is actually that they are pushing this too much and, and launch too early. They could still fail, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. face it. Um, it needs to be, it needs to be done right. And, you know, uh, hopefully not another, uh, what was the mat called? Um, oh, the air power mat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they do need to take their time with this. Okay. You know what? Um, I actually looked up because I know people that are listening, that are going to be shaking their heads, um, at my conversion. But so to convert Celsius to Fahrenheit, you take, like you said, 50 degrees Celsius, multiply it by 9 over 5, and then add 32, which would bring us to a nice, warm, and toasty 122 degrees. So yes, we do not want our 
Apple glasses to hit 50 degrees Celsius at all. Otherwise, our face will melt off. That would be bad, Ramin. Uh, yeah, we do not want melting faces. That 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 <laughs> that that would that would be bad. Um, you know, I also like. I think you make a great point. Like, hey, this is not a gimme. It could fail because for me, I don't wear glasses normally, right? And maybe to your point, it comes in handy whether I'm driving. Heck, I mean, who knows if Apple ends up making a car way way down the road, but. I got to imagine, and we've seen other car manufacturers, they're starting to create these in-dashboard systems that have some level of augmented reality, but it it's not there yet by any means. But they're really, really pushing in to get that level of, you know, maybe one day, not now, we'll have an entire dashboard that at least has some sort of a heads-up display on it. For me, I don't know what it's going to... It's going to... Even though I would obviously review the product... It would take me a lot to actually buy a pair of glasses when I don't wear glasses. So, so that so that can be a challenge itself. I mean, how, what do you think about that challenge? Do you think it just has to be so good that someone like me, beyond reviewing it, would want to buy it just to have it? Um, yeah. So, when you think about it, uh, optical glasses, just normal glasses we have right now, only have one app, which is make things look uh, sharp, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's why you're not wearing glasses right now, but you might you might want to use them when they have 10 different apps, as in you, uh, you go to Spain, for example, and when you look around, everything you see is written in uh, English mm-hmm. or, you know, China or wherever. Um, and you don't even, you won't even think about it. It's just going to be, you know, looking at the menu, it will just, uh, replace all the words directly in your language using the same fonts, etc. I mean, you've, you probably use the Google translate app, which does this already. Um, that's, uh, I think this is one, uh, this is going to be one of the very, very useful use cases mm. that, yeah, might entice people to actually buy a pair of AR glasses. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's a great one just from from a travel from a travel standpoint, you know, having something like that. I guess it comes down to how often will I be using that and then because I also think look, not everyone wears wristwatches or and Apple watches sold very well, but then I also think like the population that wears a watch versus doesn't wear a watch and maybe they're more willing to put on a watch. It gets even more narrow when you talk about not only do it's people that are wearing glasses that don't wear glasses, glasses, like to your point, they have to look really, really good. And you've got to imagine Apple will work on multiple frames, right? Four options at least when they start. But still, that's that that really has to... And I don't know if they're going to work with any like manufacturers that are already out there like, Warby Parker or something, but they almost need something on that level and say, oh, Apple Glass, Apple Glasses is incorporating that to to kind of make people feel comfortable with like, okay, at least from a visual fashion standpoint, I'm not going to have to worry about this at all. Yeah, and and if we push this way further, I uh, have you seen, um, what's her name? Micah, I think. Um, anyway, 
imagine you're uh, you wake up and uh, you can spawn uh, someone in the same room as you and this person will be your fitness coach for mm-hmm. example or your diet coach or actually any coach you want and this person might be called Siri you will um, you will you will relate to um, this person or virtual person way better than um, you would relate to Siri right now on your phone because Siri is just a voice. But if you put a body, I mean, you can actually put anything you want. It could be, uh, you know, a wolf or whatever <laughs> yeah. that will tell you, you know, like this is, uh, you know, you, you said you do uh, 20 push-ups uh, every morning and where are they? You know, give me those push-ups. I, I don't know. Just you know, you, you can get so many things that you can imagine where um, you will spawn stuff in the real world, and you will ima- you will not think twice about those, and it will we will get used to this really quickly. I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is interesting. So, you know, I think that as we talk about augmented reality and AR, how do you how do you really see it? You know, let's just pretend, and no one's going to be right here. But if I had a crystal ball, how, how do you, how do you, where do you think we're at with augmented reality in, let's say, three to five years? What, what do you, where do you think we'll be from a, from whether it's a hardware standpoint or even what Apple's doing, even if other competitors, I'm just kind of putting you on the spot, but what do you think it's, it might look like in about three to five years? Well, I'm a I'm very focused and enthusiastic about AR, so mm. <laughs> I'm going to be pretty optimistic. I love about this. this. No, this is what I love. Um, yeah. So uh, in in three to five years, definitely the the AR glasses from Apple are here, uh, and people start to use them not just from a B two B standpoint, but also obviously their their focus Apple is is consumer, obviously. So. I think, yeah, it will definitely sell uh, a few million um, and, and we'll start to see some some new kind of apps um, that just don't make sense right now with the phone. Pretty much everything I, I talked about so, so far. Uh, so directions, definitely a big one, tourism, etc. Um, finding your way to... Uh, you know, the nearest uh, ATM, for example, or something like this, that's going to be done um, just by just saying, you know, like you're um, you're talking to your AirPods and you can get an answer about whatever, but now it's just going to show you as well mm-hmm. where to go. Uh, it's very it's very physical and, and location-based, um, uh, so... It, it needs to make sense um, or for example or Jay Summit actually has lots of lots of great points to say about this um, diminishing reality is also just as important as augmenting it mm-hmm. and by that I mean um, I don't know if uh, <laughs> I've got a bad example in mind but yeah let's <laughs> just say it's um, if you're driving and it's spring and you've got all those uh, bra adverts everywhere, come on, men, we've all been there. It's accident prone and you can block those and just have a black, well, just not see it at all. So you mm-hmm. could block 
you can have an ads block for the real world like we have today on our browsers. Interesting. You could go to a supermarket and only see gluten-free stuff. All the rest is going to be occluded. And that will make your uh, your decisions or you can basically navigate this uh, supermarket way quicker without trying to see where is what. Mm -hmm. It will just, you know, point you to the right direction and you won't you won't even be able to see all the other stuff or you might want to say right i want to see like the best offers or i don't know it's you know your imagination is is the limit really this, i mean i think you know and obviously i hope you're not giving away all your secret sauce but i think a few of the examples that you brought up talking to you were things that i didn't actually think of from you know Again, me being a person that doesn't wear glasses of why it would be compelling enough for me to maybe get a pair of these glasses. So I think that's cool. Like you actually kind of got me more juiced about augmented reality than I thought I would be. So I'm <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know, that that is that's really cool. I mean, if they can put them in my badass sunglasses, then I would totally, totally be on board. And I've got to imagine they'll maybe create eventually down the road some sort of flavor of this that is incorporated into some sort of sunglass wear, you know? Because that's where I wear that's where I wear glasses for someone who doesn't wear normal glasses. Right. So you do wear glasses. Yeah, sun, yeah sun, I mean I wear sunglasses because, you know, I'm at the club and I'm so cool. I gotta wear you know the shades in the club, mm -hmm. indoors at movie theaters. Like, yeah. So I guess I should take that back. No, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the one app that you're using on your glasses right now is to protect your eyes and, yep. and you know, make sure that uh, you can actually see in a very bright environment, which is uh, not a, a technological thing right now. But yeah, I think um, it's going to make sense to to add more apps uh, to those glasses that you are actually already wearing okay. sometimes. Yes. Um, I have to ask another question because I introduced you um, that you've worked with AR projects with Nike and Speedo. Are you able to talk, if I ask you questions about that, are you able to talk about them or you kind of have to like not really say much about them? Not too much, no. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> You're all, I've signed, are you currently still working on projects with them? Uh, no, no, no. Everything is uh, done and and already live. Because um, yeah, no. Unfortunately, I've uh, I can't say more than that. Okay, no, that's fair. I mean, I get it. You know, I I think how I'd about, love to trust me, but I, I can't. How about this? <laughs> you know, I'm a sneakerhead, and so when Nike started doing this whole thing where you can see the shoe um, through their app, can you? Uh, did you work on elements of that? Can you at least, or at least advise on that? Can you at least say that? Because then I know, like, oh. That was Romain's work. That's cool. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I sorry. I really just can't. Say no, no. I won't. I won't. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, okay, I got you. That's awesome. Um, you know. But yeah, that's another really good uh, use case of of um, augmented reality right now with a phone. Mm -hmm. um, being able to see what the sneakers will look like on your on your foot. Um, the um, I think they, they are Bielo Russian uh, company called Wannabe are doing a really good job at this. Mm. Um, 
I've seen um, ASOS as well. Uh, they've partnered with Holo.me. Um, to That's bring... the, the clothing the clothing website, right? Yeah. So the the catwalk comes to um, to your living room directly, so you can see people walking in your living room wearing the stuff that you you might buy. Oh, that's cool. That, yeah, that looks good. And and obviously, imagine doing this without having to hold your phone yeah. up. It makes more sense. And you might actually stay in this uh, experience a lot longer. What do you think the... I mean, this is a total shot in the dark. What do you think the price of these Apple glasses has to be to be digestible, but also based on where the technology is at, you know, affordable. Are we talking about a device that's going to be easily over $600 or around $600? This is all, I'm just asking you to just kind of throw a shot in the dark. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would say being, you know, um, I would say probably a thousand, well, Mm. 999. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be, I mean, this is truly cutting, cutting edge stuff that, is going to be at the point where it's so miniaturized, right? That it fits on your face and looks good. I, I think you, you're, you're making a really good point. Cause I'm like, I'm like, it's gotta be more than 600, but is it, you know, I don't know. But in your mind, you're saying, yeah, it's gotta be around a thousand bucks. The technology involved in making those is crazy. It really is. I mean, it just is not possible today. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have to wait another I would say at least two years, but I mean, I'm not a hardware expert here. Um, there's there's a lot to figure out. Um, it's all about the um, the luminosity because we right now we look at AR uh, through our um, cameras on a screen, but if it's going to be just glass and you see through, and we need to uh, add stuff onto on top that's 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 a lot more um difficult and there are lots of different ways to do well i'm not sure if it's lots actually but there are different ways of doing this and one of them is to actually send um, light directly to your eyes mm. um you need to know exactly where the eye is looking so inward cameras as well as outward cameras to analyze the world around you uh, so yeah, you've got a few cameras in there. You've got some, you know, microchips that will, well, they will be uh, a lot more powerful than, than what we've got today. Uh, I do think that it's going to be like the Apple watch and, and work off your phone and the iPhone will be like the main, uh, brain of this and do a lot of, uh, the computing, uh, heavy lifting, um, Maybe we'll have a what um, W three four five or something like this mm-hmm, as a chip mm-hmm. in, in, in those. Um, actually, W is for the is that the AirPods? Yes, yes, W is for the AirPods. Yeah, yeah. So probably not that. Uh, what's the one in the um, in the Apple Watch? Oh, um, something like this. They have the motion coprocessor, and oh, my brain is. I mean, they have the was it the M. M3 chip in I can't I'm you're yeah whatever whatever but you know the way the Apple watch works right now is an accessory of the iPhone right yep Uh, I think that's that's going to be how it's going to be introduced 
because you need you will still need the the, the phone to do the heavy lifting of uh, there's a lot of of math uh, and and calculations that have to be done to track objects in um, in the real world. And to your point, also it's you're you know you're talking about how are they going to actually present the data? Are they going to project an image onto your eye, or are they going to project it onto the surface of the glass? You know, and projecting it into your eye requires a lot more tech, a la like what we're seeing in virtual reality headsets um, versus what Google Glass did, where they kind of projected that image onto that piece of glass, which is more affordable. But I don't know necessarily what, you know, even from a bulkiness standpoint, which one takes precedent over what, right? Yes. And because the, the lenses are... Uh, just I don't know one or two centimeters uh, in front of your eyes. You need a really really good um, more than retina display. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to be extremely um, sharp. So yeah, lots of um, difficulties uh, ahead for uh, for Apple and lots of other companies. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, this is this is very hardware and unfortunately not really my. Uh, expertise right here oh no you you don't you know what um look i just looked it up just so we could be clear the uh, mm. chip inside the apple watch is the s4 chip this is their systems and package chip which has literally the pretty much the entire system that runs the apple watch all integrated in one piece so um yes like that what you're talking about that type of chip but for the glasses which will probably be called like uh, maybe a g chip or something who knows whatever they call it right yeah doesn't yeah uh, no idea <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's just you know to to keep the um, um you want you want your glasses to last the whole day right so probably most of of the computational stuff is going to be done on the iphone i would think yeah it also i mean it sounds like there's still a lot of challenges you know from a technical standpoint to get this to the point that it's really you know, uh, Apple polished ready and, you know, and you know that they're getting closer. Every time we see more reveals about what AR kit is doing, it's like, Oh, that's definitely going into some sort of glassware, but it's, it doesn't feel like to your point, I don't, it doesn't feel like it's a year away. It feels like maybe two to three years away, but in a way they also kind of have to get something out. Three years seems like it would be a long time for them to release some sort of eyeglass product by then. Yeah, look, I'm sure somewhere in a lab with uh, 50 different locked doors, there's uh, a demo, there's there's a sample of this that works right now. It's just too big and it the, the battery only lasts an hour or maybe it's always plugged mm-hmm. to a very big computer or something like this. I'm sure it's, a, you know, it works and, and, and it's there. It's just not small enough um it probably heats too much and and consumes too much battery so which is why i think they introduced reality kit this year by the way oh yeah you want um, to talk about that yeah T- talk about that more yeah so um that was a surprise from a you know not just me but uh, i've got a slack group with uh, ar uh, developers like me and yeah, we were really surprised. We expected lots of improvements in SynKit. So um, SynKit is doing all the 3D rendering 
and animations and all that. And ARKit is basically a, a tracking and world uh, scene understanding. So if you mix those two together, you get uh, an augmented reality app. We expected lots of um, improvement in SceneKit because it has not been updated in two years. Um, instead of that, they released a new framework for 3D rendering, which is called RealityKit, and makes it very uh, quick to do to to uh, to create something that looks good, hmm. but at the same time, it gives you less. Uh, freedom to redo exactly what you want as a developer. So I think it lowers the barrier of entry for people to start building uh, AR apps. Um, and it's really, it's really quite, it's really efficient. And I think this is um, why they've gone that road. Instead of um, changing lots of things in SyncKit to make it really efficient. They probably realized actually they, they couldn't. So they started from scratch. Um, Reality Kit is based on metal, which is a lot more uh, efficient and powerful uh, and using more of the, the GPU than the CPU. Um, this, is, uh, this is a first step. And right now... Um, yeah, it, it looks good. Um, I'm, it's uh, it's very overwhelming for developers right now after WWDC. There is so much. Mm -hmm. I feel that if if you were to start uh, building a new app today, you would have to. It would it wouldn't make sense not to use Swift UI, which well, no one knows. You have to learn this from scratch, and it's a bit confusing uh, at first, um, and then. Yeah, if it's a if it's an augmented reality app, probably makes sense to use Reality Kit, but it works uh, it works differently from SyncKit. There's a there's a lot of um, new things to learn, all at the same time, <laughs> to be ready for um, uh, to release a new app right now. Um, it seems to be simpler once you've uh, understood how all of these things work. Uh, but for developers like me, uh, so I'm a self-taught self developer. I've, I've actually not uh, studied computer science. I, I wrote amazing. my first line of, thank you. I, I, yeah, I wrote my first line of code. I was 30. Um, as soon as Swift actually was announced, I thought, okay, that's, um, that's great. Uh, there's this new programming language. It's brand new, so I may as well just start from day one. Um, wow, Ramain, come on, man, that's that's awesome to hear. Like, you know, to be able to kind of, you know, almost really like kind of change your future direction of your career and what you do and do it self-taught. Like, man, I got to give you all the props and roll. That is awesome to hear. I had no idea. Like, honestly, that's awesome <laughs> to hear. You. So I got to, you know, congrats, you know, congrats for you. Like that, just from a personal growth level, that is awesome, dude. Thanks. That's, uh, is that a good apple then? <laughs> That's a good apple. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. But yeah, I think the, the, if, if you were to start learning now, the, it would make sense to just go with uh, Swift UI and Reality Kit. And you, know, you can get something uh, done that looks pretty good in, in a few months and uh, or even weeks. Is, is Reality Kit more specifically to building the 3D objects 
in the space to make them look really good. Is, is that what Reality Kit is there for, more from a visual standpoint of creating these objects that then works in hand with Air Kit for the placement and the occlusion, or just, just so I kind of get a better idea of it? Yes, yes, definitely. 3D okay. rendering and, and uh, yeah, all the 3D objects basically are managed by Reality Kit. Okay. And um, if you, so for example, you can add behaviors to, um, to the object. So if you come closer to an object, it will recognize this. And you have lots of gestures as well that are built in and it just works out of the box. Um, you can design those in uh, the Reality Composer, which is a new app um, on, on a, kind of an extension of Xcode. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, you can design your whole AR experience just by using drag and drop, literally. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, just uh, then you drop, you drop your Reality file in your app. And without a single line of code, you would already have something that works. And if you tap uh, on the objects, some stuff will happen, etc. It's really quite mind-blowing. And those also work um, as in AR Quick Look, which I think is the main opportunity for this year, mm -hmm. uh, for 2019, or, I mean, iOS 13. Um We've had .usdz, uh, this new file format that was introduced a year ago. Um, so you can um, use AR from iMessage, uh, email, uh, Safari, and now this .reality file, a new file extension, will enable all of that with interactions. And uh, something that uh, I was actually working on um, a glasses, uh, so a face tracking app for glasses uh, using Apple Pay. So you could, you know, like Warby Parker, I guess, um, you can try on lots of uh, glasses and frames. And uh, if you like what you see, you can buy straight away. This will be embedded directly in this reality file. You will be able to have a call, act call to action. So you'll be able to wear the glasses uh, on your face, you'll be able to purchase them uh, with Apple Pay directly from the file. And that's something you can embed on your website. That's uh, something you can just send uh, in an email. And you don't need to download any app for that. Wow. I mean, it sounds like Reality Kit is really, I mean, the combination of all these things, right? The air quick look and they're they're really trying to make it that barrier of entry for people to get involved in this a lot easier so it can help with an explosion of apps. But then also to your point, you kind of mentioned that it it maybe doesn't give you as much finite control because it's almost made to be more of a easier platform to work with. Is that correct? And it's more about tweaking the code for you to be very more specific with your creations? Yeah, I feel look, I, I feel that SyncKit still will be here for a few years. And if you really want to have something um, very custom, you will still use SyncKit. Uh, but if, I mean, for most, you know, marketing uh, stuff, for example, you would just go with Reality Kit and, and get off the ground really quickly. And then, this sounds stupid, but I'm just going to ask because I'm not a developer. SyncKit came... It's SimKit. It came before Reality Kit and was an Apple tool as well for AR development. 
SyncKit has been around for years, actually. Um, it was there way before uh, ARKit. I'm not sure when, to be fair, because I only got interested in it to uh, to build my ARKit apps. So I started using and, and learning SyncKit only yeah, two, two years ago. There was actually a lot more to learn uh, with SyncKit and, and 3D rendering than ARKit itself. ARKit is is really helpful and really easy you just you know it tells you okay there's there's a, a flat surface here so i'm gonna add an anchor and if you want to render uh, some virtual objects on top of this um table or um wall door um or painting even you can detect uh, images that's that's what ARKit does. It will just get, tell you all of these things and then you can use them. What you do with those is, yeah, render um, 3D objects and that, that and animate them, uh, which is, I feel, the, the most um, difficult part. Mm -hmm. RealityKit makes this way easier and way faster to, uh, to build this actually without, sometimes without code. Well, this is, um, you know, honestly, uh, Romain, this has all been like super enlightening. Like I told you, I, I feel like I, not only do I have, I mean, it's it's fun to talk to a developer like you because you can kind of give us insights that make us appreciate the craft so much more. But also some of the examples that you brought up just from a use case, like I'm like, okay, you know what? I would totally use that for that. I don't know if I would, you know pay a thousand dollars for that right now whatever that price of the you know the product will be but i think you really brought up a lot of compelling reasons of how this can be super useful for people that don't even wear glasses and i think that was kind of one of the main issues for me of how apple approached like what are they going to do to make this useful for someone like me and i think you brought up a lot of good points and like you said there's going to be a lot of apps that end up coming out and evolving that just we don't even think about because the platform isn't there yet, but it's getting there slowly but surely, right? Yeah, and and the combination with uh, Core ML as well is is a big part of it. Machine learning and really understanding the world around you, make it making sense of what you can see. Um, obviously, our devices know where we are, uh, but now they can also see in which direction we're looking and literally. Uh, tell okay i can see that there is uh, a chair here or a laptop here or you know a pot of flowers and i can tell you which, what kind of flower they are actually they look like they could do with a bit of water or something like this it's just all this um ar is going to be pretty much the the ui of um, machine learning mm -hmm. and it's going to enable lots uh lots more productivity. At the end of the day, I think this is what it's all about. We, uh, as humans, have been using technology to uh, make things easier. Um, and AR definitely will have some use cases where it makes sense to use AR because it can 10x your productivity in certain areas. There you go. All right. Well, hey, Romain, um, just want to say, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your knowledge and insight. And um, can you tell people, again, you know, where they can check out some of your work? Um, just directly kind of tell them, hey, this is where you find my stuff. 
Yeah, sure. Well, thank you very much for uh, having me on your podcast. As I said, uh, I'm a big fan, so it's 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 a bit unreal to me to be here oh, today. Man. So thank, thank you. you very much. No, thank you. Thank uh, you very much. And, and, and keep going. Uh, I know it's uh, it was a big decision for you to uh, to go solo. So well done to to you. Thank You're you. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So on the App Store, you can look for uh, Scene Scene Cam. Uh, that's my that's my main AR app, um, and otherwise uh, you can follow me on Twitter at London Rom. London Rom, because that's yes. where because you know I forgot to tell people that's where we're doing this call from. And you know, again, thank you so much for your time. Time is one of our most precious things, especially with you know you being a developer, me me being independent. So I just want to say thank you again, and you know we'd love to have you on the show again down the road. Um, but this has just been great. And just want to say thanks again, Romain. Yeah, thank you. It would be my pleasure to come again. So there you have it. Just another great conversation like I was talking about. I learned so much from Romain, and it'll kind of really give me more perspective now of just how I think that Apple Glasses could actually fit into my life. So thank you, everyone, so much for continuing to support this podcast at patreon.com slash Tong. If you can't support it through there, hey, leave a review on iTunes, on the podcast app. Give it five stars. Also, write comments, like an actual review about it. It helps with the algorithm. It's just a way to kind of continue to elevate it. It's kind of crazy because when I just checked it out, the podcast, it has an average 4.9 star review, and it's at somewhere over 880 reviews. So, you know what? I almost forgot to thank our Platinum Apples at the Patreon level for $100 of support. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar. Thank you so much. Sheesh. Um, yeah, don't. I shouldn't do that. Thank you, all of you. I say let's push that thing up to 1000 I told you before, I'm out of town. So next week, we're going to talk about home theater, Apple TV 4K, or could we be seeing Apple TV 8K? My man, Shauna, Techno Dad on YouTube. He's going to be here, so that will be next week's show. But thanks again, everybody. Take care, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon on the Apple Bits XL. Peace.